This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. And this is Sci-Fi Talk Weekly for June 22nd, 2023. I'll look around the internet for news on sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics. And here are some headlines. Tor.com's Molly Templeton looks at the trailer for Craven the Hunter. Michael Shannon turns down Star Wars. Gal Gadot says things are being worked on for a Wonder Woman return. And there's a review of the film The Blackening. And seven best Star Trek Mirrorverse episodes and 10 Hermione Granger heartbreaking moments from MovieWeb. That and more on this episode. Hi, this is Tony Tolado. Just want to remind you that Alien Dark Crescent has over an hour of gameplay on my Twitter feed at Sci-Fi Talk. So check it out on Twitter. I liked what I saw so far. Yeah, the animation is, uh, I've seen much better, but it's not bad. And there's definitely a nod to the first film in just the opening credits alone. Molly Templeton looks at the trailer for Craven the Hunter. She writes, there's no fun in Cravenland. There are only thick accents and gory murders. And abs and leather. He's kind of a scrawly kid with a mean dad, played by Russell Crowe, who gets super hunter powers after an encounter with a lion that nearly kills him. Presumably, having him stop to drink magical potions would be inconvenient. And then it seems he has to figure out that his dad sucks, but still acts like a dad which presumably will lead him to growing and improving as a person. Perhaps he will apologize next time he bites someone's nose off. More with Molly Templeton's review at uh, tour.com. And there is more of Sci-Fi Talk Weekly in just a moment. Maya Hawke of Stranger Things says she is mixed about having an on-screen romance in season five. It's both a great thing and I also love the characters where their love life is not the center of their existence, she told Yahoo Entertainment. That friendship with Steve is so special, and friendships have been carrying me through my life. I think they are really important and deserve their airtime. Deadline reports that Michael Shannon turned down Star Wars. He says, I was always a little bit wary about these giant movies because they take a lot of time and I don't find them very stimulating to work on. I don't ever want to get stuck in a franchise, he told Empire Magazine. I don't find them interesting. I don't want to perpetuate them. If I'm making something, I want to be there for some kind of purpose to it. I don't want to make mindless entertainment. The world doesn't need more mindless entertainment. We're inundated with it. Actually, a very relevant story is what we need. Of course, he is also in The Flash, another franchise movie. Deadline reports that Gal Gadot says that things are being worked on for her Wonder Woman return. But she did state that I'm also going to do my own projects. I'm going to work as an actress for hire still. But the fact that I can go ahead and tell stories that I'm passionate about, from ideas I conceived or from ideas I find fascinating from people that want to partner with us is an incredible thing. 
Deadline reviews The Blackening. They say it's a potent blend of comedy and thrills that parodies and challenges the genre's tropes, specifically around a mostly black cast. Under the direction of Tim Story and a script by Tracy Oliver and and D. Wayne Perkins, it pays homage to some iconic horror franchises like Scream, Friday the 13th, and Saw, with a little bit of Cabin in the Woods sprinkled in for some extra razzle-dazzle. In the midst of the chaotic hijinks, the narrative centers on Black American culture and all its complexities. Time Magazine breaks down the Targaryen family tree. Here is the family tree as it stands, according to them, by the final epon of season one of the House of Dragon. For the sake of clarity, we've only included relevant children in terms of the line of succession. The dotted line connecting Rhaenyra's Targaryen children to Rhaenyra and her husband Lenore, the Lorian, indicates that Jasseries, Lucerys, and Joffrey are not Lenore's, Lenore's biological children. Much of episode six dealt with the fact that in many in court, including her stepmother and former friend Alcyon, believe that a lord named Harwin Strong, played by Ryan Kaur, is actually the father of Varyendra's children. I know I muddled some of the pronunciations, so forgive me. Collider reviews Outlander Season 7, and it mostly begins with an attempt to tie up the previous season narrative strings, and it clocks in at 16 episodes, divided in two parts, after Season 6 had to navigate a more truncated length due to the pandemic. That said, it still signifies a very strong return for the series, with the rest on the strength of its leads and their lasting screen presence. Recently, I spoke to Mark Lewis Jones, interviewing about his character of Tom Christie's in two key scenes in episode one. You'll hear some of that podcast on my next Time Capsule episode, and the full interview will run later. TV Line explains the new Klingons from Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Co-showrunner Henry Alonzo Meyer said they wanted him to feel like Klingons. Additionally, the slight redesign was due to some things that make it easier for producing. It just made our lives easier to do that because we wanted them to come back in some ways and see them a bit more. Adding on is co-showrunner Akiva Goldsmith, who said that we have our own aesthetic. Discovery has its own aesthetic. Our transporter room doesn't look like Discovery's transporter room, and our bridge doesn't really look like Discovery's bridge. Goldsmith explains, we take the original series and we kind of extrapolate into this imagined version of that. It's more classic Klingon and a bit truer to what we use as our basis for picking things. There's more of episode 56 of Sci-Fi Talk Weekly. Stay tuned. Bleeding Cool reports that Garth Ennis gets back to Marvel Zombies. The Marvel Zombies series is set to return in October from Marvel Comics in an action anthology format, Black, White, and Blood. Stories are written by Garth Ennis, Alex Segura, and Ashley Allen, and drawn by Rachel Stott, Javi Fernandez, and Justin Mason. This will mark Garth Ennis' first return for writing for Marvel Comics since Punisher Soviet and his first non-Punisher book for Marvel since Where Monsters Dwell in 2015. And fantasy novelist Ashley Allen's first work for Marvel Comics after a couple of short stories for DC Comics. 
Variety reports that Velma Season 2 is happening at Max. The series we created Max are voice-driven, and with character and comedy coming in before anything else, sends Susanna Makos, who's the Executive Vice President of Original Comedy and Adult Animation for Max and Adult Swim. We're always looking for hard comedy with heart and edge, diverse and inclusive shows with underlying thematic resonance and character design that showcases the hand of the artist. I am so excited to share these incredible series with the world and to con and continue to show why Max is a great home for adult animation. Earth Final Conflict and Appreciation on Game Rant was written by, by Adrian Gift, who states that, that EFC emerged as an intriguing mix of hope and treachery. It carried Roddenberry's legacy, building anticipation for the ultimate clash that awaited Earth. The series aimed to captivate audiences, inviting them to delve in its storyline. The intricate plot of Earth Final Conflict was further complicated by frequent changes in the cast. Just as viewers adjust to the ever-changing dynamics, the show suddenly introduces new villains in later seasons. The sudden shift undermines much of the intrigue that at once surrounded the series, leaving a noticeable void. It's a pity, because Earth Final Conflict created an immersive world that defied the norms of its time. With its complex narrative and show, the show combines elements of gritty police drama with the mysterious allure of a double agent's game. It deviates from the militaristic themes often seen in Star Trek, forging its own path and offering viewers something new and refreshing. However, as the focus shifts from the Talons to the Atavis, the series lost its footing and enters a realm where its once brilliant essence is diminished. I, I totally agree. I think bringing in the Atavis, and a lot of it was not because of any creative decision, as much as it was budget, just killed the series. Screen Rant has a story that Superman and Lois's Lex Luthor could beat out James Gunn's version in the upcoming Superman Legacy. Ironically, on Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of View podcast, Gunn stated that his Lex Luthor would be grounded and real, escaping from the more comedic approaches to the character that have come to live action in the past. While Gunn's plan for Luthor is fantastic, Superman and Lois might just beat him to the punch. Michael Cudlitz takes over as Lex in Superman and Lois, and he spent two decades in prison but is released. Revenge is in the air. Collider breaks down the Flash budget. Reviews have been fairly positive, but reviews for the film that have been positive are also fairly mixed, with the consensus saying that the Flash is fun but lacks a compelling time travel narrative. The breakdown by the cast, location, and effects is in this article. I like The Flash. I thought it was really good. It was really saved by Urza Miller's performance. Now, as I said on many occasions, I hope he gets his act together because he is a very talented artist. Time will tell. He might even be replaced. We'll see. So here are some interesting things. First, from Giant Freakin' Robot, the best seven Star Trek Mirrorverse episodes, and here are a few. What is Past is Prologue from Star Trek Discovery, Despite Yourself from Star Trek Discovery, Crossover from Star Trek Deep Space Nine, featuring a very interesting performance by Nana Visitor, and Star Trek Enterprise in a Mirror Darkly, which I really, really liked 
also bringing in the USS Defiant. And I, you know, I love these, uh, these 10 things or five things. And here are 10 Hermione Granger heartbreaking moments from MovieWeb when she cried alone in the bathroom and Harry and Ron's abandonment and the Yule Ball because Ron ruined it for her and sadness towards Ron and Lavender. And then this was a killer, stripping her parents of their memory because of the war and those Death Eaters. Digital Trends has five actors who should be the next Flash. Lucas Till from X-Men First Class, Phil Dunster, yep, him from Ted Lasso, Justice Smith from Jurassic World and Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. And also Digital Trends breaks down the, the 12 most powerful DCU characters. Here's a few. Number 12, Cyborg. Number 11, Starro the Conqueror. Number 10, The Flash. Number nine, Aquaman. And there are more at Digital Trends. And if you'd like to help me out, this would be a huge help. On Supercast, I am doing a beta test of my premium service. And all you have to do is go to at Sci-Fi Talk on Twitter to get free access. Just DM me and I will send you a code that will allow you free into the site. No credit card, nothing, just to test out my service. I really would appreciate that. And that is Sci-Fi Talk Weekly for June 27, 2023, back next Thursday. This is Tony Tomato. Thanks so much for listening.